My mother always said that if you don't have something good to say, you shouldn't say anything. But today I'm in conflict with mom's advice because the mission of my business is to help people avoid bad deals. And what a bunch of you guys have shared with me is an instance of somebody representing a very bad deal as something that's a fantastic investment. And we're going to have to take a look at it. Stay tuned. I'm David C. Barnett, and you're tuned in to Small Business and Dealmaking, the podcast, YouTube channel, and blog, where I talk about buying, selling, financing, and managing small and medium-sized businesses while controlling risk. So if you're looking to take control of your future through buying a business one day, or if you already own a business and you're looking to grow or exit, you've come to the right place. I talk about interesting things, I talk to interesting people, and I answer your questions every week right here. So be sure to hit like, and be sure to hit subscribe, and let's get to it. Hey everyone, it's David Barnett and uh, welcome to the channel today. Uh, we're doing the summer of alternative financing, right? And I was sent an email by one of you uh, talking about a video they had found online where a woman was talking about buying a laundromat and it involved seller financing and, and a bunch of these alternative finance methodologies. And I thought, hey, it's going to fit right in well with uh, the summer of alternative financing series. And then I watched the video to take some notes and things. And then I began to realize, wow, I really need to demonstrate this video and tear this deal apart to save people from getting into a very bad deal. And, and so that's what I'm going to do. And I really don't like to make videos like this. Honestly, I don't. Um, what I would rather do is just inform people and teach people and stuff, but stuff like this is on the internet. And, um, I've, told people many times my mission is to help people avoid bad deals so we're going to tear into this one. So, let me uh let me share my screen over here. And again, thanks for everyone who has actually put this person's name in my comments. So, I got the video suggested by Justin Money Bootcamp. Thank you Justin, uh who sent me a link to the video and then over the course of the following couple of weeks since Justin's email, a bunch of you have put in the comments what about Cody Sanchez? Have you watched any Cody Sanchez videos? What do you think of Cody Sanchez? And um, I really had never heard of her before. So I watched this video. It really is my only exposure to Cody Sanchez. Um, and uh, I, I have to uh, give a little disclaimer here, a warning. So uh, fair use. So I have a couple of screenshots here that I've taken from the video. And um, Cody's in the United States. And so fair use principles under Section 107 of the Copyright Act of the United States allow the unlicensed use of copyrighted materials for fair use purposes, such as commentary, criticism, teaching, and news reporting without the permission from or compensation to the owner of the copywritten materials. So um, yes, some images in this video are screenshots from her video. I'm going to put a link to her video down below. Uh, once you're finished watching my video, go watch hers. And, um, and just see if what I've said about that video resonates with you. Um, and, um, and if you disagree with me in any way, please just leave some comments down below. So first of all, here's a, some information about the video. So the title of the video is, I paid zero upfront for a laundromat making 67,000 a year. Wow, if I had no money, I would do this deal every day of the year if I could, right? Makes sense, it seems to right off the bat. There have been 601,000 views of this video uh, since the day I took the screenshot, 17,000 likes, and Cody has 221,000 subscribers. So Cody is 
10 times bigger than me on YouTube. Hats off to you. That's, that's a great accomplishment. Now, we're going to talk about these statistics a little bit more at the end of the video because I've got a whole list of, of comments and postmortems from this deal. But the first thing I want to do is actually dive into the deal, take a look at it and see whether or not, number one, what she's claiming in the title is even true. And number two, if it really makes sense. And number three, if I had zero dollars and I did this deal, what would it end up doing for me? Okay. And I think that's the most important uh, thing because a lot of people who might be attracted to this title, who may also have no money, uh, might think that this is a pathway to financial freedom. You know, if I have zero dollars and I can earn 67,000 by do learning how to do a deal like this, then obviously I'm going to be better off, right? Well, let's, let's, let's look. So first of all, we have an income statement um, and it's very simple. And again, a lot of these details are taken from screenshots. Uh, I, I listen, <laughs> let me go, let me go full screen here. Um, I've watched this video about 65 times. I have two full pages of notes. I don't know if you can see that, but you know, I've, I've time stamped it. I've made notes. I've taken screenshots. Uh, like I'm very familiar with this video. Okay. So <laughs> let me, let me scroll back out here. So gross income of the laundromat is 113,640. And there are bills of 38,000 and expenses of 7,800 with a net income of 67,586. Now, throughout Cody's video, there's lots of, I believe they call it B-roll footage, where she's like dancing around in a laundromat and, you know, having all this fun while people are doing their laundry. And I can tell you, as a, a former broker who has sold laundromats for other people, the laundromat depicted in the video is not this one, okay? Uh, she's in New York City. This laundromat is in Arizona. And I believe what she did is went to a New York City laundromat and took that footage, allegedly. I don't know for sure. Um, but the the laundromat pictured would have far higher revenues than $113,000. And so, so don't be fooled by the imagery in the video about what kind of business this is. This is a very, very small laundromat. Um, as you can see, there is no labor in this in this income statement. And so in this case, that 67.5 would really equate to what we would call seller's discretionary earnings or the total amount of cash flow available to an owner operator that works full time in a business. All right. And then from the screenshot, you can see some other deals and some other details in here. But this is key. The asking price is 200,000. And it says the seller will carry 125,000 down and 75 grand uh, up front at 7% interest. So this business is being advertised as 200,000 with 75 down 125 seller financing. So that's not a negotiated level of seller financing. This is what is being advertised. And this is actually very important to one of our postmortem notes. And I'm going to get into it in a minute. But first, let's let's analyze the deal. Okay. So our, let's look at more details. So we have revenues of 113. We have profit, quote unquote, of 67, that would indicate a purchase multiple of 1.87 times SDE. Um, that's great, which gives it a valuation of $125,000. And um, the business assets she, she claims in the video is $135,000. So she's actually buying this business with a discount to the tangible asset value. Okay. Um, that's another important key piece of information about this business that we're going to get into later. 
Um, she also mentions that there's an opportunity to use equipment financing in this business. And she talks about the possibility of SBA financing. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get back to those two things as well. She then says that there was a closing payment of $25,000. So the ultimate terms of her deal were $25,000 down, $100,000 seller financing. And that caused me to pause more than once and scroll back to the beginning because she says in the title, I paid zero upfront for a laundromat. And then we found out that that's in fact not true at all. She um, paid $25,000 down, but of course that wouldn't make as interesting a title for YouTube, right? Because you're trying to get people to click on things. So that's maybe how she got 600,000 views. So the... <laughs> But what she then goes on to say is that she borrowed the money. So she didn't use her own $25,000. She personally borrowed on her own line of credit or, or got a loan for $25,000. And then she made the down payment. And now she's using seller financing. So she's effectively leveraged the entire purchase of the business. And maybe that's how she figures she paid zero down. Um, and so the 67000 divided by 12 is 5583 which is a 268% return if you consider the 25 down to be sort of a down payment, right? Which she does in this calculation and she doesn't for the title of the video. Um, I recently posted on Twitter that there's a Canadian credit union offering 5% interest on five-year term deposits. And so if you think about that versus 268% rate of return, obviously this looks like an amazing deal, right? That's what it would appear to be. Again, a lot of hype in this video talking about the amazing successfulness of this business, the amazing opportunity to get into this very lucrative industry of laundromats and, you know, where you can do it even if you don't have any money, apparently, right? If I didn't have any money, I would certainly be drawn into this. I would be like, yes, this is the answer to my money problems, right? Let's, let's analyze the deal further. So... We got a lot more numbers and stuff over here. Look at this, all this stuff. Okay. So again, revenue of 113, SDE of 67. So SDE is the money available to a full-time owner operator that works in a business. Okay. And it would seem to me that the seller fell into this category because she mentions a couple of times about fixing equipment and all that kind of stuff. And then she says that the operational issues and the labor and the maintenance is going to be her gents, you know, her gent is how he refers to some gentleman who's going to take care of this, right? I don't know if her gent works for free though. And I'm going to assume that he does not. And I have no idea what this person's rate of pay is, but we're going to make an assumption that this business is going to require about $2,000 a month in labor or labor slash maintenance. Um, some handyman person who's going to stop by every day, emptying out the coin because, you know, Cody makes reference to crackheads. The criminal element is certainly present in most places. And if you've got machines that are overflowing with quarters, that's going to be, uh, you know, attractive to certain criminals that are going to want to steal those coins. And so you need several visits a day if it's an unmanned operation. If it's manned, it could require even more labor. But you're going to have several visits a day to empty out the coin. You're going to have maintenance and repair. You're going to have cleaning and upkeep right? So, so you're going to have to pay someone to do some work. So what that would mean is if we assigned only $24,000 a year to labor, 
then we now have what's called an EBITDA cash flow, earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization. Now, is EBITDA cash flow? Uh, no, it's not. In fact, I have a whole video called why SDE is not cash flow and EBITDA is wrapped up in there as well. Um, that's not real because don't forget, Cody has the seller note to pay and she has to pay back that $25,000 loan that she took to make the down payment. So let's make some assumptions there. So I'm going to assume that she's going to pay back the $25,000 over five years at 5% interest. So this would be annual payments of 5661. And then that seller note, we know from the details that it's three-year payback at 7% interest. So that's $37,052 every year. So if we subtract that from the EBITDA, we're at a negative 13,228. So this means that if I was broke and I had $0 and I did this deal the way Cody has described, I would then have to go maybe get a, a job of some kind to figure out how I was going to make up this $13,200 shortfall, right? Whoa, that doesn't sound appealing, but it gets worse because um, we haven't yet considered depreciation. The purchase of this business includes all of the equipment. And I did some research um, and, uh, you know, Cody has some various comments from Speed Queen in her video. And I found a website called martinray.com, which talks about the washing uh, laundromat industry. And what Martin Ray says is that top load washers last five to eight years and front load washers uh, 10 to 15 years. And so, yeah, I mean, my mom's washer and dryer were in her basement for like 25 years, but they were used a few loads a week. Um, these machines are running all day, every day, continuous operation, right? And they are heavier duty machines in the laundry industry, but these things still wear out. So if we consider that these machines are going to wear out, and what I did is I simply took uh, the number at P7, which is way over here, the assets 135,100, and we just assumed that you know, that's what they're worth and it's a fair price. And we divided that by 10 years, which if you were going to replace this equipment is probably a lot more money, right? So, so I, I just want to get across to you that my 13.5 of annual depreciation guesstimation is extremely conservative. In all reality, the, the cost of replacing that equipment could be way more, okay? So, but I'm trying to be conservative. I'm trying to give Cody the benefit of the doubt. So if we assume that the machinery is wearing out or depreciating to the tune of 13.5 a year, it means that the real earnings of this business are negative 26.733. And if you're having a hard time understanding why depreciation should be factored into this, then you should watch my video, Warren Buffett and David Duell over depreciation. Cody should watch that video uh, because she needs to understand this if she's gonna be buying businesses that have a lot of equipment. Magical fairies do not pay for the equipment. It has to be paid for out of the cash flow of the business. And ultimately, it's going to have an impact on your cash flow. So as you can see here, um, this is not a business. This is a liability. Or in reality, what this is, is this is a side hustle. So if you lived in Phoenix, Arizona, and you were handy, you could probably have a job especially if you had a job that gave you time flexibility, like 
if you were a taxi driver or a real estate agent or someone who controlled their own schedule, you could buy this business and you could do the labor and you could stop by multiple times a day and collect the coin. And you could, if you were handy, you could fix the machines and you might be able to make a little bit of money with this, right? Maybe. And in all likelihood, the person who's selling it is in that kind of scenario. And what's happening is they're realizing, hey, I'm doing all this work and my machines are wearing out and I'm not really getting very far ahead. I better sell this thing before these machines really start to look long in the tooth, right? And so let's, let's talk about the problem of valuing very small companies, which is what this is, right? So we have an SDE of 67,000 and the asking price of 200 grand was basically 2.99 or three times SDE. If that sounds like a nice meaty round number, it is, you know, and I often hear people throw around this idea that businesses are worth three times cash flow. Many people get confused on which level of income or cash flow is used in the valuation. So for the asking price to be three times SDE, I could totally see how someone could put that up as an asking price. The negotiated price as a factor of SDE is 1.87. And so for a service business with, you know, low barriers to entry, like, you know, that's probably reasonable. The overall industrial average for multiple of SDE in small businesses is about 2.2 or 2.3. This is 1.87. And we can now see from doing our analysis that this business is actually cash flow challenged. It's not a super lucrative business. There's a there's a there's not enough profit here to make it interesting for most people. Um, this is a job. It is not a business. So if you bought this thing, it would basically provide some level of income for doing work. If the fair market value of labor, oh, sorry, there was an error there. I already changed it. I, I previously did this with 30,000 and then I decided to be even more generous and change it to 24. Um, but the EBITDA here is 24,490. So the asking price as a function of EBITDA was 6.8 times EBITDA and the negotiated price was 4.2 times EBITDA. And now you can see that this is actually the price that Cody paid is actually very high because a normal sort of everyday average rule of thumb pricing for a business as a function of EBITDA is only about three times. And so now we can see it's been revealed that the price is actually too high. So there's also a video that I have called dead capital in a business and buying a job. And that's what we're seeing here. This business is not worth 125,000. It's worth less than 125,000. But if the equipment is worth 135,000, what does that mean? It means that somebody, the, the original owner or the seller, invested good hard money into that equipment and has never been able to yield an adequate rate of return on that capital in order to justify the investment. And so if they had bought shares in the telephone company, for example, and the stock market said that the share value went down the next day, they would know they lost money on their investment. But there's no pricing mechanism every day for small businesses. And that exact same scenario has happened to that person. They invested money in machinery and equipment and they lost money on that investment, but they did not know it until they tried to exit. And they actually, I would say this seller got a great deal. They, they made a super deal because they've sold the business for more than it's worth. The danger in this deal specifically 
is that you could spend the next three years losing money as you pay off the seller note only to then have to start replacing the machines and pay for the business all over again, right? Because remember our timeline from martinray.com is five to eight years or 10 to 15 years. And we don't know what the machinery is in this particular business, but assuming the business is several years old, the machines have already got several years of, of wear and tear on them. Um, so then let, let, me, let me look at a few other of my notes here. Um, in the beginning, uh, Cody mentions that she could have used equipment financing on this business. I disagree because it is very unlikely if she used seller financing and there was a UCC filing against the equipment that the seller was going to be willing to finance such a large portion of it. You know, this seller um, is holding a $100,000 note, but they're probably in first position on the equipment with a UCC filing of their own, meaning that if Cody doesn't pay, they can come and take the equipment back or repossess the business. Um, she mentions that there are 2.5 million businesses for sale and that this gives buyers negotiating flexibility or negotiating power as somehow business owners are fighting with each other to try to be selected by buyers. And that's actually completely false. You know, it, she's trying to create the impression that there's this huge amount of businesses for sale. There are businesses for sale, but most of them are that you find on the listing websites just aren't good. They're like this one, right? Where they might look good initially, but when you put them under the microscope, they actually don't perform very well. In my experience, for every good business, there are 10 people trying to find it and trying to buy it. So there's actually quite a high degree of buyer competition, but she's trying to make it look easy, right? Um, she, um, she then in the video mentions things like my friend, Mike, he bought this great business. And then she goes on to this emotional call to action about how, if we can support the small businesses of America, we're holding back the tide against people like Walmart, blah, 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 blah. And so what is the real purpose of this video? And, and before I go any further, um, you should go and watch the video I created called Buy a Business with No Money. In fact, if you head over to davidcbarnett.com, um, there is a tab. And on that tab, there's a section called Buy a Business with No Money. And if you go in there, you're going to see every video I've ever made about buying a business with no money. And I'm going to include this one down at the bottom as, as, as another one. But the very first video on there, I made it in 2016. And in that video, I said, that it is really difficult, if not impossible, to buy a business with no money. And if you manage to pull it off, there in all likelihood are very real problems with the business. And this is a great example, this laundromat that we're talking about here. So, so what were the red flags? So there were a couple. The, the first red flag is an open advertisement saying that the seller was willing to finance more than half the business. I just got back from a conference in Cleveland where there were people who have owned multiple businesses and many of them have done deals with high degrees of seller financing, but they only got to that point after negotiating with those sellers and demonstrating that they were capable operators and that they were going to be able to run the business successfully and that those payments would be secure going into the future. Then the sellers were willing to consider those options. In the very first video of the 2022 Summer of Alternative Financing um, series, I talk about seller financing and I talk about the conditions to negotiate to get seller financing. 
In this scenario, though, we have somebody who has removed all those conditions and they've just said, hey, I'm willing to do this to a huge degree. Why would that be? Well, there's a couple of reasons why. The first reason would be that they've tried to sell the business to someone else before and that person wasn't able to get bank financing because the numbers don't support the deal, right? Cody mentions being able to use SBA financing on this deal. I don't think you ever would be able to. Because by the time you took the numbers and filled in the standardized, you know, sort of cash flow worksheets that a banker would have, they would realize the deal doesn't work. And so other people may have tried to buy the business and were unsuccessful with bank financing. And that may have taught the seller that they needed to offer the seller financing. And so the seller in all likelihood knows that this is not a very good business and that they put the seller financing out there to try and entice offers from people who are just looking at the deal. In many of my discussions that I've had about, you know, no money deals, I talk about the day two problem. What is the day two problem? Well, people who are desperately trying to put together a deal with no money, they're all focused on the deal and piecing together different bits of financing, like the ones I'm talking about in this summer series. And they're, they're trying to figure out how they can hobble together all this cash to do the deal. And then they, you know, they raise their hands and they cheer. Yes, I did the deal. But then they don't think about what's going to happen on day number two when they actually have to start operating this business. And, and that is what I'm talking about over here when I have these red numbers. You know, the actual operating cash flow of this scenario is negative. What is the purpose? What is the real purpose of this video? The real purpose of this video is to make an emotional connection with you to make you feel, hey, there's a bunch of businesses for sale. I can do deals with no money. There are other people doing these deals. They're getting rich. And I'm sitting here worried about how I'm going to pay my rent. And I desperately need money. And why can't I be doing this too? And of course, Cody's going to sell you a magical formula in the form of an online course. I have no idea how much it costs. I didn't even look into it. And, I, and quite honestly, I don't know. Maybe it's an awesome course. But this video is meant to stir you emotionally so that you will want to do whatever it takes so that you can get a business earning you $67,000 a year with no money of your own, right? Sort of the quick, rich, you can get something of value for free ideology. And, you know, people have been using this kind of sales angle for a very long time. And I can tell you that anything worth having in life is going to take some effort and it's going to take some work. And if you have no money, you probably shouldn't be running a business because if you can't run your household profitably, i.e. your income is higher than your expenditures, so you have savings, then how are you going to run a business profitably? Especially if you get duped into buying businesses that aren't in fact profitable at all and they have a negative cash flow. Anyway, so sorry, mom, I, I know you advised me to never, you know, open my mouth and say things when but I don't have anything nice to say, but I just had to get this off my chest because if I can help anyone out there avoid getting ripped off or avoid doing a deal like the one portrayed in this video, um, then that's what I'm going to do. And if you do have money and you do have some kind of experience in business and you are a capable, qualified person and you're looking to level up and you want help to buy a business, then yeah, I'm here for you. And that's what I do all day long, every day. 
The reason I make these videos on YouTube is to teach people because I have an interest in an ever expanding group of people who want to buy businesses because I serve that market, right? Uh, I'm a consultant. I work with people. I have education programs, right? So I want to increase the number of buyers. If Cody Sanchez was trying to wrap, roll up every laundromat out there for herself, she would not be making videos teaching you how to do it, right? So what then is her real goal? Anyway, if, if you have comments or if you want to know more, uh, put them down in the comments. Um, I love you all very much. And so I wish you the best. We'll see you next time. And please share this video with anyone that you think might need it. So how can you learn more about buying, selling, financing, and managing small and medium-sized businesses? Easy. Head over to my blog site, davidcbarnett.com, where you can learn more about me and how I work with my clients. You can learn more about my books and the online courses that I've prepared for you. You can find out about how to subscribe to my email list, the YouTube playlists, etc. There's literally hundreds of hours of content there, all for free, and I'd love for you to be my guest. Special thanks go out to Jeff Alpaw Customs for being my tailor. Men all around the world can look dangerous, just like me, with the help of Jeff Alpaw Customs. JeffAlpaw.com. Use the code DCB10 to save. They handle multiple currencies and ship anywhere you happen to be.